how can we improve cellular therapies in the fight against solid tumors? That's the theme of today's episode of the Cell Therapy Podcast. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Cell Therapy Podcast, brought to you by Kite Gillian. My name is Mike Barnkop. I'm a doctor, immunologist, and for the next 30 minutes, also your host. And today, it's my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Sebastian Wellesley, a senior scientist at the Section for Cellular Therapy at the Radium Hospital in Oslo. Together with Dr. Elsa Merritt Indeberg, Sebastian leads a translational research lab which has a special focus on using both T-cell receptor-based and chimeric antigen receptor-based therapies, and has published a number of very interesting papers on how to utilize these therapies against solid tumors. Thank you for coming on the show, Sebastian. Thank you very much, Mike, for this uh, introduction. Okay, well, before we dive into your research, I was, I was hoping you could tell me a bit more about your, your background and, and how you became involved in, in cellular therapy. Uh, unfortunately, I have no uh, history of some relative who uh, who had cancer or wanted to dedicate my life to uh, save humanity. I'm, I'm, I was really um, uh, put there by uh, by the only thing that should, in fact, drive a scientist is curiosity. So um, I, I started. Uh, I studied in Geneva, uh, as you can hear from my accent. I'm from the French part of Switzerland. And uh, I also graduated there in a private institute where I was doing um, uh, work on signaling. It was still very trendy to work on phosphatase, tyrosine phosphatase. So absolutely nothing uh, related to, uh, to uh, immunotherapy. And then I came to Norway uh, for private reason more than uh, uh, scientific interest. But I think that that, that it's fine. I mean, uh, um, if you're curious, you can find your way any place. So I was working on toxin and it was really exciting. I didn't know anything about it. So I thought it was nice to change and uh, do some trafficking. And uh, and in the same uh, institution, so Radio Hospital, uh, I start to discuss with an immunologist. And um, I did some immunology during my, my studies, but I was like a amateur immunologist. Uh, in fact, I, I went on doing what I like, which is mainly biotechnology. I mean, uh, chopping proteins, expressing them, setting system to to uh, identify sequence. So really, um, uh, I think um, it's it's not from me. I, I used to have a friend who's, who say that I'm more a mercenary of science. So I... <laughs> I go where the, the job calls me. And, and I have to say that I got the crush on immunotherapy like 10 years ago. And uh, I thought it was fun because it's, it's, still, it's still surprising and amazing when you, you, put, uh, you take a T-cell that is not doing anything and you give it a, a receptor and simply it starts killing other cells. And I think it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Definitely. So I'd like to start off with a bit of an unfair question. Um, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about why you think cellular therapies haven't worked particularly well in solid cancers yet, and some of your ideas about how we might might change that. I guess that it's it's just um, 
the battlefield that is is not the same as uh, I mean I, I think that CD19 was not only a, an, an ideal target but uh, I, I think in in all points you know uh, well they have found some CD19 in the brain but I think beside that this the, the clinical success are incredible and um, and it's I mean it, it it's extremely efficient it. Um, uh, I, I think also the 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 the, the biochemistry of the targets, the, um, uh, the and uh, of the antibody that recognize it, it uh, are probably completely ideal to make a, a supercar. And um, uh, so, so when we, I, I'm telling you that because we always compare to to CD19. Of course, it's the the super success, but um, yeah. I don't like to say it was the the easy shot. But the, but probably the there is a, a probably in the blood less influence of the the microenvironment uh, compared to like a, 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 a big solid tumor that is uh, hiding and uh, and uh, and uh, of course modifying the. Uh, yes, the environment, which makes it hard for the, the cells to go and fight. And uh, I think it's pretty well illustrated. Again, I think we have really a modest uh, uh, implication to that. But when you when you look at hot and cold tumors, they need to be, uh, I would say, a, a positive atmosphere for the T cell to 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 go to action and 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 probably it was easier when it's in the blood. Each time we write an application, uh, whether it's rejected or accepted, it's it's always the same. I mean, we identify two things: is the the tumor microenvironment and the target. I think really we 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 need to to work a bit more on how to make this, how to reverse this uh, this microenvironment. Do you think part of the failure comes from how we make cellular therapies? You know, I mean, I think we're really at the the, the top of the technology here. It's, I mean, cellular therapies, it's completely crazy. I mean, imagine uh, when when I was when I was student. I mean, we could not imagine to take cells from someone, modify them, and reinject them and and save their life. It just made mm. me. So it's it's. I think the technology. I mean, we, we will improve. It will improve. The, and and it's it's fascinating the number of of new ideas coming. Also in the production, uh, yeah. uh, it it needs to be automatized. And yeah, no, I I I think it's it's still at the top. I mean, you see when the, you, the CRISPR cas story. I mean, very quickly it was integrated. Uh, and and the the work from Sadler on this. Uh, mm. This uh, CRISPR, uh, I mean, this use of uh, of CRISPR Cas and CAR um, in the the locus of TCR gene, it's 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 a it's a beautiful work compared to the the advance, the technological advance. I think we are immunotherapy or cellular therapy are in uh, in in good shape. So the first paper we'll talk about is one from your group uh, just published in FSB called Built-in PD-1 Blocker to Rescue NK92 Activity from PD-L1-Mediated Tumor Escape Mechanisms. And it's by lead author Nadia Mensali. And it touches on, on some of the aspects we just talked about, namely how to overcome a immunosuppressive tumor environment. In the paper, you create NK cells that are blinded to PD-1 inhibition by encoding a genetic PD-1 inhibitor 
Can you explain a bit more about the concept and perhaps tell us a bit about how you came up with this idea? So we had been working with a, a dominant negative receptor and uh, we start to uh, on completely other topic. It was a, a collaboration with a B cell group. So when they, they wanted to, yeah, they, they wanted to, 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 to establish a cell line that, that was inhibited for a given receptor. And uh, so uh, we just did all the genetic trick by overexpressing uh, a, a receptor that without any uh, signaling tail. And it, it, it works incredibly well still in 2000. And it was in <laughs> 15 when we did that. Uh, and uh, they, they got the result. I mean, the result they were expecting. I shouldn't talk like this as a scientist, but they, <laughs> well, it, it fit the story. So, and then we thought maybe this is something we could use for, um, uh, for the checkpoint inhibitor because uh, uh, we didn't know a lot about checkpoint inhibitor, to be honest. So we just looked at the structure. There was few papers. Uh, I mean, the, of course, there was a huge literature, but few papers on the structure and how it was binding. So in fact, we did a lot of construct. We only published one. Uh, uh, we also did some mutants to increase the... Um, the binding to the PD one, so it was it was really it, it wasn't meant to be one construct in one cell, but it turned out to be a bit more complicated than we thought. So it was not working like this um, this receptor that we're working on B cell, like it was like yes no, and it was really clear cut type of result you almost never have uh, in your <laughs> career. And here with PD one, you're really in science. I mean, it's it was going all direction. As I told you, we are also working with TCR. So we made a, a beautiful construct that cost us a fortune, very long construct, including a TCR and the PD-1. So there would be a co-expression. When we started, CAR, uh, this CAR paper was, was published. I think Carl June was one of the, the authors. So we thought, oh, so we are a bit too late. It was not exactly the same construct, but we thought, okay, we... And, and we thought that um, a car uh, were too powerful to be stopped by PD-1. And uh, I still, mm. we still have problem to see inhibition of uh, PD-1, especially with this uh, truncated form. Uh, so we did this uh, TCR construct, but, uh, and we did so many experiments. And um, uh, in fact, we realized that, uh, to make the long story short, that PD-1 was... Uh, the truncated part was was probably also participating to the 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 the, the creation of this uh, uh, immune synapse. So in fact, we we did not always see the effect we wanted, especially with our control, which was the full length. Hmm. So we thought, okay, let's let's go to a, a I would say a simpler system, which were the, the NK cells. We had the, we we were already working. We're not an NK lab, so it's NK ninety two. So I don't know if. If it's really considered as a real NK cell, but it's a nice cell line uh, that is used also in the clinic, so we thought this maybe would improve it. And and, and in fact, this time it it worked the way we we were expecting, which is we can. I mean, NK cells, uh, um, NK ninety two cells, they they are. Um, they can work on standalone. I mean, they can recognize um, yeah. almost naturally a tumor like AML or some colon cancer, but not all. But simply, we realized that if the, this target cells are uh, PDL1 uh, positive, 
then we could uh, we can we could uh, induce the killing by adding this truncated form, which was uh, which was new, in fact, because while we were doing this work, since we went in the wrong direction, then we had to <laughs> to, to redo some of the experiments uh, on this and ninety two. Two or three paper came out with um, positive signal instead of the inhibitory signal. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, to, to I mean, basically en- enhance the yeah. to trick the, the tumors, right? To to enhance the, the signal two or one, I guess. Okay, uh, as, as a competitor, yeah. I would say to trick the tumor and exhaust your T cells. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I, I mean, they, to... they have been so, so so. Unfortunately, what we thought was very original because it's a. I mean, what we liked was the concept of a soft drug. We don't modify that much by doing this. Uh, we we just compete it out uh, to, uh, to 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 improve the response. This is the way we like it, and then the way I mean to work is the same with our TCR. We don't modify them. Uh, we we use the natural one that we same sequence as the one we isolate from patient. So so this is a bit. Uh, I like to say the philosophy, not a religion. Philosophy we are following. So. Um, you know, it's, it's already a, a shock to uh, to change these cells. So you, you don't want to put too much. And, and that's also why we were not really in favor of, of adding um, uh, a reverse positive signal. Well, and, and I guess it's it, it's good, as you say, NK cells, they, they, they can kill a number of, of uh, tumor cells without any editing otherwise, right? And, um, and, and you... You guys have you have a very elegant uh, experiment where you uh, you use uh, NK cells to kill K562 uh, cells, which I believe is a CML cell line, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's quite striking how in the paper uh, the cells that have this PD1 inhibitor in them they kill significantly faster. Basically, within a few hours they start killing, whereas the wild type NK cells, they don't really, it takes them about 10 hours to really kill off a significant proportion of the, of the target cells. Um, do you think that's because the PD-1 um, sort of in, affects the quality of, of the NK cells long-term? Or do you think that, that the PD-1 inhibited cells are just faster and then move on and, and, and just can kill more cells in a shorter amount of time? So uh, I think it's a good question because we we don't we did not really understand the molecular mechanism. We did a uh, uh, lot of microscopy, and uh, we had a very good uh, microscopist in our team who has been spending hours to to look at cell cell interaction. And because it, the thing is that we could see that we can uh, induce binding. Uh, uh, what, what we think happened is that it's uh, because there is no signaling from this uh, truncated uh, PD, uh, PD-1. Uh, so, so we think that the, and the affinity for the, the PDL one is not high affinity. It's not uh, an antibody. Mm-hmm. So, but but obviously it put them in a, in a I would say a favorable environment to create an immune synapse. This binding. So, because they did not, obs- and that's uh, that's a bit technical, but uh, uh, when they they use a um, uh, 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 car without signaling tail, 
anti pdl one car without signaling tail, they don't mm. trigger the formation of this immune synapse. So it's not only what the, the nature of the binding, but it's also most probably this transmembrane uh, um, uh, domain natural from uh, uh, PD-1 receptor, uh, probably puts it in, a, in, a, in an environment that is prone to form an immune synapse. So, so, so and this is what we, we, we detect because the, the binding, as I say, it's not strong and there is no signaling, but somehow uh, it must be in the favorable environment to, uh, to create the immune synapse and create the recognition. So, so that's what we, we claim in our paper that the, uh, this truncated uh, PDL1, uh, PD1 uh, is sufficient to, uh, to make the NK cell see what normally it doesn't see. Well, um, I'd like to zoom out a bit, and 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 maybe you've already answered this, but but do you think um, uh, NK cells is sort of poised to to play a bigger role in cellular therapy than it does currently? I mean, there's certainly a lot of excitement around them. I, I think the the the, pro, you know, the main issue with the the primary NK is the is, is the time they will they will survive in the body. I think that uh, honestly, we we are not going to change our favorite cell. We like the cell line, the NK92, because I'm a lazy molecular biologist, so they are easy <laughs> to grow. <laughs> Once you have the trick, but uh, they are easy to maintain, they express, and they kill because it's a it has this feature. It's one of the rare cell line that can kill. But to me, T cells are the are still superior. So of course. Um... Inhibition of cellular therapies through PDL1 or other inhibitory receptors is, is a major factor in, 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 in inhibiting cellular therapies. But I guess an increasingly recognized challenge uh, is also that of antigen loss. And you touched a bit on this earlier, but, um, but uh, your group also published a very interesting paper this year that, um, that targets the, the Kappa light chain on, on B cells. Um, and I'm just wondering if you could tell me a bit about why you, you chose that and, and <laughs> Which challenges were were associated with it? So, so um, because uh, we established uh, the car platform together with um, uh, a lymphoma group. So uh, it's um, our neighbors from uh, Mikkelbust and uh, Smelland Lab, uh, and they were sitting on the on this their antibody collection. Hmm. And uh, we were selecting uh, uh, targets that could be attractive. Uh, uh, Beside uh, CD19, someone that published in 2006, I think, Vera, it's there in blood, that you can target the the, the kappa kappa chain. So it's the advantage is uh, because it's a super target. It's the BCR, so normally it's it's quite necessary because it's BLLic. So you can you you don't need to kill all the B cells. And we thought this is super. Then we look at the literature. They say you can survive only with uh, lambda uh, B cells without having a serum replacement. But we noticed that uh, it was a bit. Uh, it was becoming a bit shaky when uh, when we were doing um, <laughs> the the experiments, killing in presence of serum. So somehow this cow was reacting uh, against uh, free uh, IGs. 
what they might encounter and you inject them in blood. So, so then we thought that we tried to think about uh, uh, ways to, uh, to, 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 to keep this, uh, this uh, allelic specificity. So this, how to distinguish, but uh, to resist this serum. And, and we tested this dual car. So, but yes. So in the paper, you combine your light chain car with a CD19 car, right? And, and in fact, it, it's surprising because it's, it's working. So somehow, <laughs> because the, the SCFV is still at the membrane, so it can bind an antibody, but somehow uh, it's, it's, it, it's recycled. And when it sees uh, target cells with a double recognition, then you get a, 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 a clear killing. And then we did co-culture assay and mixed culture. And we show that the, you keep the specificity and you you keep the I would say the the the, the power of CD19 car. It's relevant because uh, and then it brings us back to the solid tumor. Uh, as I say uh, at the beginning, I told you that I, I, of course there is a problem with the the targets, but uh, but in fact, and, and I'm not the only one to say it. Uh, you you. Uh, if you if you start to 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 use dual targeting, then you you might uh, uh, narrow your recognition to tumor only. And um, and and on that, I mean, the, this type of design is very simple. We want to keep everything simple. I, I'm afraid of complicated design because because the next door is the clinic. So this is a very simple design, um, and um, and we want we are uh, in fact presently exploiting it. Uh, with solid tumor, so to get this double recognition. So, yeah, and uh, it's the first time it happened to to me. But um, uh, JBC directly accepted it. I, I don't ask me why. I, I don't know anybody in JBC, but it was a it was a pleasure to get this email. I wish that to any uh, every uh, scientist to to you're like no, it's not perfect. I, I, let me read it again, please. Perhaps one of the reasons they accepted it so quickly was that it, it's, it, it shows this very elegant point that it's not just the high efficiency that you can achieve with, with cars, uh, but you could actually also use them in a more um, uh, sort of machine-like manner that you can't do with traditional medicines, right? Like you, so in this paper, you can, you can combine the, the different cars with different... Um, uh, stickling domains, and then sort of fine tune it such that you only target the cancer cells. Uh, yeah. I, th I think I think that's very elegant, and that that is something that is unique to cellular therapy. Um, so the paper is uh, by Hakan Kasal, and it's called "Computational Car Design Improves Target Restriction," and it's published in uh, JBC, and it was also published this year. You guys have had a busy year. Um, yeah, Hakan had a busy year. He really, uh, he really suffered on this one. He was a very, very talented PhD student. Now he, he went to Switzerland. Uh, sees. So um, to round off the show, we have a, a few rapid fire questions that I, I'd like to ask all our guests. And it, and it works like this. I'll ask you three questions and I'll ask you just to say the, the first thing that pops into your mind. So um, the first question is what's best a T cell receptor or a chimeric antigen receptor? Uh, T cell, of course. If you could, and I guess we touched on this, but if you could redo your PhD, what would you study? Thyrosine phosphatase. 
it was fantastic. So you would you would do the same thing again? Yeah, because everybody said, "Oh, this is so boring. You're crazy." <laughs> and then and then we made it fun. It was uh, it was so frustrating that I learned a lot. You know, I mm. yeah. so no, but then it's fantastic world. Uh, signaling is uh, is fantastic. Is this now yeah. nobody talks about? It. Uh, there was a paper on uh, one big guy of the phosphatase, towers and phosphatase. Just this month on car showing that his favorite phosphatase is a is a checkpoint inhibitor. In fact, okay, well, there so you go. they are they are back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the the third question is, uh, and I guess this is is for the younger listeners. What's the, what's the method method that every PhD student should be drooling over right now or should be focusing on? Honestly, it it would be it would be good that they learn how to prepare solution. Uh, that's it for the cell therapy podcast today. Um, I'd like to thank our our guest uh, for taking the time to chat today. Um, all the papers that we discussed will be linked to in the description uh, of the show, and don't forget to subscribe and and tell your friends. <laughs>